thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. So write my name upon your heart. 
For when you are with me, I am with you. And I know that you cannot understand, but I'm not even upset with you because I know that your human mind cannot comprehend grace. But I'm passionate for you. I made you with my hands. I am passionate for you. I am much more than mere man. Can't you understand, Alyssa? I love you. Father, I love you too. I can feel you. I can feel you even now. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you even though I don't know how. I feel you. And I can feel you running through my veins. And I know that if it weren't for you, that I wouldn't be here today. You are with me. He is with you. God is with us. Emmanuel, because Jesus paid the cost. Emmanuel, God with us. Can we give Alyssa a big hand one more time for all of her incredible, incredible word this morning by her. And every week we've had these special elements. I want to brag on Alyssa real quickly. If you don't know Alyssa, you need to get to know this woman. She, she loves Jesus passionately in every way. Um, when we first were introduced to her, my wife grabbed her, started meeting with her through the Purple Book and, and Born to be Free. And they started meeting weekly, and she got, she got what, Pastor Ben? She got discipleship, and it became contagious. So she grabbed two more women, and she's doing the same thing, walking with them, discipling them, pouring into them. And they're coming to know Jesus in a new way, in a, in a in a deeper way, a deeper understanding. It's really our heart here at Luminous Church is that we would be a church that can grab other people and, and teach them about who this person is, Jesus, and how to have a relationship with him. And so, so we're pretty intense. If you didn't know that, we're pretty passionate people here at Luminous Church. But, you know, nobody will get on to me for apathy, that's for sure. And so I will, at the end of the day, I will not answer for apathy, but I may answer for being overzealous. Hallelujah. So I'm willing to take that risk. But Alyssa has done this. She threw our ugly sweater Christmas party. First annual. First annual. I'm just instituting that right now. First annual ugly sweater Christmas party. We had 45 people show up and love on each other and wear some ugliness. It was, I mean, it's amazing because anybody who is beautiful can... Um, Feel ugly for a day, and it's incredible. <laughs> Man, we had a we had a great time just celebrating together. We had an amazing engaging spirit last week, and um, just worshiping Jesus on a Sunday night, and, and he did so much. And um, this stage is as a result of Tyler Snelson, who uh, worked at, worked um, just a lot of hours on the stage. Can we give a, him a big yeah. hand uh, for this? And so, um, it's it's made this more fun. You know, it's when you see the Christmas tree in the living room, it's just more fun. Christmas is more fun with the Christmas tree. And so that's why we do things. That's why we have special elements. It's why we. It's why I don't just open a leather Bible up here and preach at you for an hour and then let you go home, right? Because we want it to be fun along the journey, right? And that's why we have food, and that's why we have coffee, and that's why we do all that we can do is to, to make it fun. The journey of life with Jesus should be fun, and if it's not, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. If you're not having fun in this, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're doing something wrong. Maybe 
um, talk to me. I'll, I'll coach you through it, and maybe we can get to the other side. But it should be fun, and uh, that's not to neglect hardship. It's not to neglect any of that, and we'll talk about some of that this morning. Um, I want to review over the last six weeks where we've been, so this is a quick recap. First week was, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jaren did our spoken word. And in her spoken word, she said, if I'm honest with you and me, Jesus and me have not always been friends. But he stands at my door with flowers every time. Although I can't count the times I betrayed Jesus, he can, yet he refuses Second week, Jesus, I am the light. And Ashley Brooks, our worship leader, came up here and she shared, He is an infinite flame shining bright into my circumstances, so I will sing all my days. It's personal. He is my light. That's who Jesus is to me. Third week, I am the vine. And Jill Snelson came up. You are longing for your heart to be provided for. Be still, my beloved, my child. Take a deep breath and you will see. Do you know who you belong to? I am that I am. It was an event from the beginning to the end as the true vine I wanted to graft you in. And then I am the bread of life. And my friend Ben Williams, he came up and he spoke an eloquent word. said, what do you hunger for? Somebody said, ladies, what do you hunger for? <laughs> I want that voice. He wants you to feel full forever. The five loaves fed 5,000, so one man feeds always. And then Tresca led us into her inner room with a dance. As Jesus says, I am the door, and behind that door was a beautiful display of relationship with Jesus as she danced for us. Last week, I am the good shepherd what Jesus said, and Jaren wrote in her spoken word, testimony. Someone, it was her testimony. Someone explained, Jesus did it all for me. I was brought to my knees, and Jesus met me. I'm sorry I ran away from you. He says, you are forgiven. Jesus has never changed and is always changing me. Powerful. So just snippets from these spoken words, because I don't want them to fall on deaf ears one morning and then you forget about what Jesus says he is to you and to these people up here because it's how we're going to be able to connect with Jesus here on out is by seeing other people in relationship with Jesus encourages us in our relationship with Jesus. And so if you see somebody in circumstance, if you see somebody going through something and yet they're praising Jesus when the world says you shouldn't be praising, I'm telling you, man, it doesn't make sense. And there's something that I can glean from their faith, from their relationship with Jesus. And that's why we're in a community together this morning with one another is what can I glean from you? What is Jesus doing in you? Because, because you see what he's doing in you, that means he can and he wants to do it. For me. And I think that some of us, we enter into this place, we don't think that Jesus wants to do anything for us. We think we, he, they, he, he did it on the cross 2,000 years ago, and yes, he did it on the cross 2,000 years ago. And yet, he's doing it today. And when I wake up tomorrow, he'll do it then too. So important to remember. And that's what I'm going to bring you to this morning is just a place to remember. It's a place to usher in Jesus in your mind, in your thought, in your emotion, in your spirit, in your soul, wherever you, wherever you lack him, I'm hoping that he'll meet you there where you need him. And so what I'm believing, that's what I'm believing God for. The last I am statement is, I am the resurrection and the life. You'll find that in John 11:25. I would encourage you 
as we don't meet next Sunday, to open your Bibles, turn to John chapter 11, and I want you to hang out there for a Sunday. It would be fantastic for you to know what resurrection and life truly mean. Um, I do believe that Jesus can speak to you. I don't believe that you only hear him from me, although I hope you do this morning. So out of the seven I am statements, we covered all of those that will end that with the seventh, but I'm going to bring up an eighth that isn't readily talked about in the I am statements of Jesus. But it's this, Emmanuel, I am with you. I am with you. I'm hoping in the next 10 minutes that you would have a revelation that Jesus is with you. That he is with you. How many of you are quality time people? Maybe you don't know what that means. Let me set it up. Gary Chapman wrote this book, Five Love Languages. It's incredible. If you're married to get this book, it's just, it shows you how to love people. If you're a date man and want to get your game on, I would encourage you to read this book because it will help you in your game. It will help you uh, pursue a woman. And so I would encourage you to do that. So there's five love languages. There's touch. Every guy is touch, but he's just really lust. And so, so he's really confused. <laughs> But, but it's weird how that works. So there's touch. You know, we may have touch. There is acts of service where we're doing stuff for each other. And I'm so thankful for Mason Arevalo. I don't know how to say your last name really. But it's something like that. And I've known you for so long. I apologize, man. But Mason comes, sets up 7 in the morning almost every Sunday morning. And he's serving and he's loving and he's giving acts of service. I guarantee you, if I went to go wash Mason's car, he would feel more loved than anybody, right? Because he is acts of service. He loves to serve. He loves to do that. Then there's gifts, right? Gifts is a fun one. Um, gifts is the one I wish my wife was. I'm sorry, babe. But it's just easy. That's why. It's because if she was gifts, then I could just show up with, you know, a present and she's happy. And then she wants to hang out with me the rest of the night. She is not that. So I'll tell you what she is here in just a moment. And so, so what do we have here? We have Acts of service, we have gifts, we have touch, and then we have words of affirmation. And I am words of affirmation, so I always ask for feedback during the sermon. Hey, good job, Ben. Amen. Hallelujah. You're doing great, okay? That makes me feel better. It helps me keep going on to the end. If you quit doing that, then I just yell, and I'm just really getting more mad and unloved. And so it just happens a lot. And uh, if you know me anytime, it happens a lot. And then the lastly, there's quality time, QT, as I like to call it for short. And my wife loves QT. Uh, she loves QT. If I'm not spending time with her, she feels unloved. It doesn't matter how much I got her. It doesn't matter about the diamond rings, which is cool for my bank account. But, you know, it just means that I have to hang out with her a lot. And that QT is one-on-one -on -one time. You know, it doesn't mean that we can hang out in a big group because that's not quality. That's just time. So it has to be quality and time put together. And I, I would argue that, that Jesus is quality time. And I would say this, Jesus is all of them. He's all of them. He's going to reach out and he's going to touch you. He's going to, he's going to surprise you with gifts and bless you. And when your bank account increases and you don't know how, but you know that Jesus was in it, you're like, oh my gosh, God's up to something big. You know, God will affirm you through his voice, but I, I really think that here in Emmanuel, he was saying, QT, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. Isaiah 7, 14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. 700 years 
700 BC, 680, 720, somewhere around there. BC is when this was written for us. And it was God's intent. Did you hear his intent? intent? A woman will bear his, a son and name him Emmanuel. God's intent. His intent is good. And his intent was to bring his presence to us. God's intent. He tried it over and over and over again, but you know we're always we're always disdaining and and we 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 don't like um, it at times. And you know it, we find that God was bringing um, His presence through through manna, through bread. If you remember the Israelites, they left for four hundred years. They were in exile. They got free, and they're out in the desert, and God provides them bread. It's amazing about bread. We talked about I am the bread of life, but I want to just revisit it for a sec because bread was daily provision for them, and it made them aware of his presence every day. And if they try to hold on to this bread, it would dissipate and turn into maggots. Why would it do that? Because he wanted you to hunger for him every day. He wanted his presence to be there every day. He wanted you to wake up every day. The interesting thing about bread is when in John, when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, eat of me. That was weird. That was weird. That was just cannibalism, and that just gets weird. But what he's saying is, when you ingest me, you digest me, and it actually becomes a part of you. It's incredible how it happens. Presence. God has wanted his presence here on the earth. Romans 10, 6 says this, but the righteousness, this is by faith, says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Jesus is actually in you and wants you to ingest him. And he wants you to be near him. And his presence wants to captivate you. His intent was to bring his presence. His intent was to bring um, himself in every circumstance that it would totally engulf you. So with intent comes action. Because God is not a God of broken promises. God doesn't break promises. And so if you have a broken promise, I'll tell you, it wasn't God. It was you. It was you. You put some expectation that wasn't true. You, you asked something that wasn't, wasn't his plan. And sometimes we wrestle with that. Sometimes it's hard. And I'm telling you, when you're praying for somebody who's dying on their deathbed and it doesn't happen, you want to say, God, where were you? But did he promise you that they would live right there? Because we all shall surely die. All. Everybody say all. All. And it's not fair. It's not fun. And it's, it's not how we want it to be. But I'm telling you, man, it's so much greater. It will be greater. It gets greater. It's only greater with Jesus. It's only greater with Jesus. And this life is a blink of the eye. And although he brings promises for a moment, he's bringing promises for eternity. And I can't wait for those days. It's going to be incredible. But with his intent comes action. And so the angel appears to marry this, this woman. Um, I would say almost girl, uh, depending on how you would read culture. Uh, if you would read a girl who is 15 and under as a girl or a woman, I'm not sure. But how many of you have a 15-year-old girl and you're like, oh, she's probably not fully woman yet because I don't want her to leave home and I don't want her to get married and I don't want her to run away with Joseph. 
And so, I'm just saying, man, is, is Mary sitting here, and she's a little girl, and, uh, or a young woman. Um, and the angel comes to her in Matthew 1, 21. They say, she will bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will, will save his people from their sins. All this took place filled with the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And the scripture says, which means God with us. So important. I want you. To, I want you to put that in the in the word. I want you to put the description of Emmanuel in there. Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas season, Advent, expecting the noble person's arrival, and and we've been in these Advent devotionals. Maybe you have. I don't know if you have, but I've been in this Advent devotional for. For days now, for, for a lot of time now, and as we're doing this Advent devotional, we're, we're setting our mind on Jesus, and, and we're preparing for him to come. And I think sometimes in Christmas season, it it's, gets real cloudy, doesn't it? How many went Christmas shopping this past weekend? That was a mistake. Because the cars are everywhere, traffic is everywhere, people are jammed up, it is crazy out there. I mean, the only thing that my heart is prepared for is, is to hold a cuss word in my mouth and don't let it out of my mind, right? And so I'm just saying, man, it is really hard in this Christmas season for it to be about what it's supposed to be about, Jesus. Jesus. It's, and Jesus is celebrating, celebrating the one who is with us. This is so important because we... we, we Whittle it down, this Christmas story, to it's, it's a baby in a manger, and it's cute for the kids, and let's bring them in here to sing songs with us, but really Christmas is for the kids, for the children. But Christmas is not just for the children, it's for you and for me. It's to prepare us that Emmanuel is with us. How many of you have seen those touching videos of when the soldier comes home and they surprise their child or their wife or their husband. There was a really cool one at the Spurs game the other day. I should have grabbed it and snatched it and showed it to you. But, uh, man, his sister was in this present, and, you know, her brother comes, and, and then they open the present, and her brother runs into her arms and, and almost knocks her over. And it was incredible, incredible. I, I love those stories every time, and those stories oftentimes remind me of Jesus. You see, because Jesus sometimes is so far away, we're, we're dialing him, we're Skyping him, we're doing some things like that. And for thousands of years, thousands of years before this moment, that's what they were doing. They were Skyping Jesus. But here comes the Christmas present on the basketball court. Better yet, in Bethlehem, in a manger, opens up. And here he is. And what did everybody do? They ran to him. The magi, the shepherds, everybody ran to him. He's here. He's with us. And it just makes it so much more personal. And if he's with us, is he still with us? That's the question. 
Are we, are we still Skyping Jesus? Are we still calling him on the phone? Is he long distance to you? That would be my question to you this Christmas season. Is Jesus long distance to you? Are you trying to call him long distance or is he here? In Exodus 33, Moses has this incredible encounter with God. And as he has this encounter with God um, throughout Exodus, um, God speaks to him in a burning bush, and he knows that God is for him. And so he ends up um, taking the people out, and as he's sitting up on the mountaintop, he tells God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. If your presence doesn't go with us, I don't want to go any further. He knew God. He had, he had a long-distance relationship with God as he was bringing the people out. But now he's saying, I need your presence everywhere. So God shows up. He shows up and he makes his presence known to them. And during the day, there was a cloud. And at night, there was a pillar of fire. And the tabernacle, his glory filled it. And in the temple, his glory Filled it. And then when Emmanuel showed up, when he showed up 2,000 years ago, Jesus made his presence live in all of us. What's fascinating about this um, scripture is Emmanuel, God, with us. And at the end of Jesus' life, in Matthew 28, before he ascends into heaven, before he leaves his people, before he leaves you and me, he says, I need to remind my people of something. So he said, 33 years ago, an angel showed up to a young woman and said, God is with her. God is with us. Emmanuel is here. And 33 years, three years later, Jesus shows up and he says, Jesus came and said to them in Matthew 28, 18-20, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He said this, and behold, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is with you. I think it's so appropriate for us this morning. We're going to bring the worship team back up. And we're going to reflect on Jesus. We're reflecting on that question. Jesus long distance. Is, is he near? Have you, have you tapped into Jesus? Is Christmas a time of gifts and family? And, and it's so fun, right? It should be. But is Jesus right there too? Is he in the center? Is he motivating? Is he is he with you? I want to encourage you that he is. He is. It's recognition, right? I'm I'm amazed all the time by um how we see this a lot is where husband and wife they fight and they're they're present. There's proximity. 
but there's not relationship. It's proximity, but there's not intimacy. There's proximity, but there's not an acknowledgement of one another. And I, I tell you this, is that in this season, you have placed your faith in Christ, and, and you're walking with him, you're walking for him, but when God gets long distance, proximity is there. God is there. God is in you. But it's just like a, a husband and wife who sometimes can end up ignoring each other and, and coexisting but not being in relationship. I want to tell you, proximity is there for you and Jesus this morning. It's there. Are you going to tap into him? Are you, are you going to start the conversation? Are you going to tomorrow morning wake up and fight the crowds at Best Buy and everywhere else and curse everyone? Or are you going to say, man, Jesus, thank you that you gave me a mission. Thank you that you're with me always. If you would stand with me this morning. I want to remind us as we close and a couple of worship songs before we head out. Only Jesus could make this promise. Only Jesus can make such a promise that I am with you and I am with you always. Because only Jesus is Emmanuel. In this Christmas season, I think, you know, it's so many emotions. So many emotions. I, I'm reminded, I'll, I'll close with this story. Close with this story. A few years ago, it was five years ago. Five years ago, uh, my wife and I were a year married. So incredible. And uh, and the most special woman in her life ended up getting sick around Christmas. And that Christmas was filled with hospital visits and many other things like that and it was it was rough and and uh, her grandmother ended up passing away on January 20th January 20th and uh, and so so sometimes holidays brings up these emotions and stuff and I will say this that I didn't understand I don't understand and so all that I could do was be present. And sometimes this presence alone can be powerful. Sometimes there's proximity, but then there's presence. Where I'm going to be available, but I don't have the words to say. And I just, I want to encourage us, you know, this Christmas with Emmanuel. God made himself present in every trial, in every circumstance, in every hour of need, he's present. And he's there. And it's enough. Emmanuel is enough. It's enough.
that he showed up or not. So I want to pray for you this Christmas. And I'm going to pray that it's a, it's a joy and it's a fun, but that the presence of God would be felt in you and for you. That you would know that he is near. Jesus, we love you, Father. And God, as we reflect on this year, and Lord, ask this question. God is, is it a long distance relationship, Jesus? I'm not talking about theology or doctrine. I'm talking about our heart. Are you put in a place that's not near? Are, you, are we missing you? And Lord, we're just praying, God, that your presence would fill everyone this Christmas. God, it be a Christmas, Lord, where, Lord, where, God, and people come home and family is here and things are shared or maybe it's rough and maybe it's, maybe it's the first Christmas without our mom or dad. Maybe it's the first Christmas um, absent of many things, Jesus, but would your presence come? Would you be near Thank you, Father, that you say you are near to the brokenhearted. Father, I just want to speak that today. Lord, that you are near to the brokenhearted. And so, Father, we thank you for your presence. And, Lord, we worship you. Emmanuel, God, you're with us.